Radio. I've just, literally just really, come back from um, a pilgrimage. Um, and I don't know if you'll have heard of the place where I went. You might have heard it um, because it's slightly controversial. It's a place called Medjugorje. And just before I say anything about it, the status of Medjugorje with the church is that they haven't decided whether it's um, a genuine um, apparition site of Our Lady. That's why people go there, because some people believe that Our Lady has been appearing um, to um, six young children originally, um, and then still to this day, some of those same children are allegedly receiving visions of Our Lady. So it's become a place of pilgrimage which the church is investigating and has yet to make a pronouncement about. But I just want to speak about um, my own experience of the place and in connection then um, with our readings and with certain um, practices that will help us in the Christian life, help us in the spiritual life. One thing I noticed when I, I first went there was the atmosphere of peace. And I attribute peace to a place where there's prayer. So where you have prayer, you often have um, a tremendous peace as well. And one of the lovely things about the parish of Medjugorje is that there are lots of people going to confession and lots of people going to the Mass, lots of people adoring the Eucharist, adoring the Blessed Sacrament. There's a great faith there. And that was there even before 1981 when the alleged um, apparitions started to take place. But one thing that you hear a lot about in Medjugorje is conversion. Because you can meet many, many people who travelled there and had a a huge conversion. And some people who travelled there with little or no faith, who travelled there very far from the church and yet become restored through the sacrament of reconciliation and through um, the devotion to Our Lady that is there. And conversion is something that we should all be interested in. You know, conversion isn't just about that conversion maybe when we left behind um, a kind of checkered past of sin and we embraced uh, faith for the first time. Conversion is meant to be something ongoing. Conversion is meant to be something continual. We go deeper and deeper into it. In Medjugorje, they talk about five stones. Why five stones? Well, um, it's taken from the biblical story of David and Goliath, that David, to slay the giant Goliath, took stones in his sling and threw them, launched them, at Goliath and killed him. So the idea of these five stones is they're five ways to defeat the Goliath in our life. So for all of us, that's of course the devil. He's an obvious Goliath. But sometimes the Goliath could be an addiction. Sometimes the Goliath can be a character flaw. can be anything. But whatever we struggle with in life can be our Goliath. So what are these five stones. First one, prayer with the heart. Prayer with the heart. 
We often talk about prayer, don't we? We often say about the importance of prayer. But I think what we don't say very much is, well, actually, how do we do it? You know, perhaps we remember from a very early age being told to pray. And yet we've never really learned to pray. What's a very quick kind of lesson catechesis we can do on prayer? Well, to pray like we mean it. One of the mistakes that people often make in prayer is pray in a way that it's like we're acting, like we're putting on a front with God. So we come before God, we say nice things that we think God wants to hear that will make God pleased with us, like he's a, a sort of prudish parent who we can't say the wrong thing to. And we look on God all wrong when we do that. When we speak from the heart, we speak as we really are. We speak with the struggles that we're truly going through. We ask for the things which we truly desire, rightly or wrongly. We put them before the Lord and we say, Lord, take these desires of my heart. And when we pray with the heart, then God can begin to really communicate with us because we're praying in a real way. And God can only communicate with a real person, not a fake person, not with a mask or a front. So prayer with the heart is essential. The Eucharist. So of course we have the Mass, the great gift of the Mass, where we represent that sacrifice of Jesus Christ on Calvary. The sacrifice through which he gives us his body and blood for our nourishment, for our food. Now adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, which... I hope to have much more of in the parish and I hope to promote more in the parish is a wonderful preparation for the gift of the Mass. So adoration is when we put the host, you know, which is the large bread that I consecrate at the Mass, which becomes then the body, blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. We put that host in what's called a monstrance, which is like a display case. And we simply gaze at Jesus. We gaze at the host. We adore Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful way of prayer. And it's a way that we can appreciate the gift of what we receive at every Mass or what we may be able to receive and be in the presence of Jesus Christ, the real person of Jesus, not some object, not some dead thing that we receive passively, passively, but a real person who wants to enter into our lives and transform it. So the Mass and Adoration of the Eucharist. That's the second stone. Third stone, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Catholics don't have a great reputation when it comes to knowing the Scriptures and reading the Scriptures. Um, But the Scriptures are divinely inspired. They're God's gift to us. Someone once described the Bible as like God's love letter written to each one of us. When we really bathe in the words of the scriptures, we discover how much God loves us. And we discover also the wisdom of God. You know, someone who spends time meditating on the word of God, chewing it over every day, becomes wise, becomes um, full of the word of God. Because when we do that, the words of God enter into us. They become part of us. It's a beautiful thing that happens when we really read scripture every day. We meditate upon it. Those words become our words. 
And St. Jerome famously said, if we're ignorant of the scriptures, if we are ignorant of the Bible, then we are ignorant of Jesus Christ. So if we want to know Jesus Christ, we have to be reading the scriptures. Good tip I heard while I was on pilgrimage was just take a little bit of scripture each day, like two lines, and just see if you can memorize it. Just see if you can make that a part of yourself. Chew it over during the day. Think about it, ponder it, like Our Lady pondered the mysteries of Christ in her own heart. The fourth stone must be one of the least popular because it's fasting. Now fasting, you're thinking, oh no, Father, you know, we've just had Lent. We were talking about fasting. Now in Eastertide, when it's all meant to be over, uh, you're talking about it again. Well, I've got bad news for you. Don't think fasting is meant to be over at the end of Lent. In fact, it's a constant um, practice for us. If we're serious about prayer, we're serious about growing in, in, um, in love of God. You might remember the passage where Jesus says, when the, the disciples come to him and they say, we were unable to cast out this particular demon. It didn't seem to listen to us. And Jesus says in one of the Gospels, This kind can only be cast out by prayer and fasting. So fasting really helps us put our money where our mouth is. So if you really want something, if you want the conversion of a family member, if you want a special grace, then fast for it as well as pray for it. Give something up. Go without something. Fasting and prayer are extremely powerful, um, especially when employed together. So Fast for those things that you really desire. And indeed, fasting is often a measure of what our desire really is. Because if we really want something, then we're prepared to do what's necessary to obtain, to obtain it. And then the fifth and a beautiful one to witness in this place of pilgrimage is monthly confession. So confession, we know that the church sets as a minimum of confession. It's like confess all serious sins once a year, once a year. But it's true to say as well that almost everyone who you can read about who's been a saint or has been holy, anyone you might know who is holy, is holy because they go to the sacrament of confession or reconciliation regularly. And I would say monthly is a really good habit to get into your life. And even more regularly than that, but at least uh, monthly. When we get in the habit of confessing our sins, when we examine our conscience regularly, we become aware of more and more that needs to be brought to God for his um, healing and for his restoration of us. And if we are about conversion, then we must be about confession. There's no conversion without an awareness of our sins. There's no conversion without the desire to change, the desire to amend our life. And what is the result of confession but peace? Because our sins trouble us. Our sins weigh us down. Confession is the great antidote that Jesus Christ has given us. It's the one that relates to that peace that only Jesus Christ can give. And remember, it's not the priest who's giving you that absolution in confession. It's Jesus Christ who is working through that priest. That's why the priest says, 
I absolve you from your sins. He speaks in the words of Jesus Christ. Just like in the Mass when he says, this is my body. So if you want to change your life, if you want to be converted, if you want to experience a huge renewal of grace in the Catholic Church, do these five things. Prayer with the heart. Adore the Eucharist and value the Mass. Read the scriptures, read the Bible every day, fast as well as pray, and go to confession monthly. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.